This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Today, we're going to be concluding our series in the subject on Autumn Breeze and the Psalms. But today, I want to conclude this series with another thought altogether. What I have been doing in these particular sermons came to me probably back in June, May or June, and I had an opportunity to pin them down. And what the Lord showed me in those times of sermon prep was particular passages that I felt that he let me see certainly were applicable to our changing times that we have in our lives today. It was a good fishing hole, and I, and I found a good place to park for a while. But the thought that I want to end this particular series with today comes from a most amazing passage of Scripture, and we're going to be looking in just a moment in Psalms 119. And I'm going to be speaking on this subject, the surety of God's Word, the surety of the Word. And again, I'm going to begin reading in Psalms number 119, and we'll pick up with verse number 89. Follow along with me. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine. Save me. I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. We jump to verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statues always, even unto the end. 
I want to ask you a question this morning, and I want you to think with me. How well would you say you know your Bible? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I, I heard this a long time ago, and I know, I know Peter, James, and John, and I know Jonah and the whale. I'm not talking about that. How well do you know your word? I want you to think about that. How old would you say that the Bible you hold in your hand is? Think about that just for a moment. I, not too long ago, four or five years ago, I had to, I had to get a new one. I hated it. Uh, the Bible that I've used for 30-plus years is tattered and torn, and pages are scotch-taped together, and uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it would be a chore to preach from it this day and time. There are some pages that scriptures have been torn. I've used them so many times where I don't even know where the torn place is. I've just scotch-taped what I could, and it's fallen apart. And uh, it, it was a dreadful day. I, I had a bad, before that Bible, I had one that I was preaching a meeting somewhere. And um, at the end of the service, I, was, I put my Bible on top of my car and I was taking my jacket off and I put it in the car and I drove down the road. I got halfway home and I realized my Bible was on the top of my car. At least I thought it was. I can't tell you how many times I drove up and down that road looking in ditches for my Bible. Somebody got a good broke-in Bible, and I think uh, that's okay if they use it. But I hate breaking in one, uh, but there comes a time that you, you have to do that. And so how old do you think the one is that you have with you right now? It's probably... Uh, one of the most important things in your life, you ought to handle it every day. A lot of times, my, my study will carry me in and out of this book from day to day. And uh, there's some fascinating things about it, and I jotted down a couple that I thought might interest you as well. So I'm going to give you these Bible facts because we're talking about the surety of God's Word today. And if you start on the back, you can fill in the blank. I want to give you some facts about the Word that may stick with you. First of all, the Bible was written over a period of approximately 1,600 years. And so it, it, may, it may serve you well to write that down. This is good Bible information. You may be interested to know that there are over 40 different writers of the Scripture. Keep in mind that man is not the author. God is the author. But God arranged, he allowed over 40 different people to pin down the words of Scripture. There are 66 books that make up the Word, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New each book of the Bible is divided by chapters with the exception of Obadiah, Philemon, 2 John, 3 John, and Jude. The longest chapter in the Bible is Psalms 119 verse 176. 
And uh, I, I want you, well, actually Psalms 119, and there's 176 verses in, in that particular chapter. Now, this might fascinate you. The middle chapter of the Bible is Psalms 118. Now, you think about it, that's, that's a pretty interesting fact, the middle verse of the Scripture. Now, everybody should probably know that the shortest verse in the Bible is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. The longest verse in the Bible is Esther chapter 8 and verse number 9. And there are 90 words in that one verse. There are two chapters in the Scripture that are almost identical. 2 Kings chapter 19 and Isaiah chapter 37. Now, the longest word in the Bible is found in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse number 1. Now, Brother David reads our scriptures on Wednesday night, and he does a pretty good job reading these ridiculous Old Testament names. So I'm, I might just get you to come up here, brother, and read and pronounce this one for us. The longest word in the Bible, Mer, Shalah, Hash, Baz. Try to have a name like that. And even more difficult, try to spell it. The longest word in the Bible, 18 letters. But really the name uh, was one of Isaiah's son, one of his sons. And it, and it meant to be quick and to make haste. The last thing here, the word eternity is only found one time in the Word, and that's Isaiah 57 and verse number 15. And so these are some interesting things that I jotted down that I thought would be interesting enough to pass on to you. Now you can flip it over and we'll start on the right side. the surety of God's Word. You know, when a person is seeking wisdom, I want you to think with me just for a moment, because the Bible says that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But when a person is seeking wisdom or instruction, some kind of direction in their life, they, they are faced with a perplexity and they're seeking these important matters out. Most people that I've come in contact with really want to know the truth. I, I don't know of anyone personally who, who is seeking wisdom for their life and seeking counsel. I don't know of anyone, maybe you do, but I don't know of anyone that seeks the advice of liars and cheaters and crooks and people that live life like a yo-yo. I, I, I don't know too many people like that. I really, truly don't know any. When they're in places and facing critical situations, when they need unshakable wisdom. Now, I, I realize that in this world, there's some people that are gullible, and I realize that some people seek out 
wisdom or facts or knowledge in the most ridiculous kind of ways. Some people live their life by astrology. They, they don't get out of the bed without reading the horoscope of the day. There's some people that, that glean in life when they associate themselves with self-proclaimed psychics or they gamble with their futures, seeking fortune tellers or trying to get somebody to read their palm or tea leaves, by the way, which none of those things are of God. But for those who want perfect and accurate wisdom, direction, and advice and counsel for their life, I'm so glad to be able to tell you that when you want the ultimate truth of decisions that you need to make in life, you can open this Bible and God will give you the truth. God will pull no punches with you. Now, it may be that when God gives it to you, you don't like what he says. And in all probability, that will happen. But if you're seeking wisdom, guidance, counsel, and truth, and you open up the Bible, you can find it. God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit, and he will never, ever beat around the bush with you. Never. He is not going to show you part of the truth. He's not going to show you most of the truth. He's not only going to show you truth that you want to hear. He's not going to try to patronize you with warm and fuzzy thoughts. God is going to show you and guide you in all truth through the Holy Spirit. And if you get in this book and allow him to do it, that's exactly what he will do. I want you to look again at Psalms 119, and I want to reread for you verses 89 through 96, because these are all marvelous truths. I want to read them again. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances for all of thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. And that means brought life unto me. I'm thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Now, in verse number 89, we have probably one of the most precious truths in all of the Bible. And I'm so thankful for the perfection of the Bible and for the truths that it contains. And this morning, I want to share with you out of the Psalms, as we conclude the summer breeze, or an autumn breeze in the Psalms, here's the thing that I want you to think about. There are three simple truths that I want you to hang on to today. And you can remember them. You can walk out of here today knowing exactly what they are. Number one, I want you to think about the permanence of God's Word, the permanence. I want you to notice the first two words in verse number 89, forever. This particular truth that gives peace and assurance 
from cover to cover, and it, it helps us to get things and to glean things, some things that we should never forget. And I want you to listen very carefully this morning because the permanence of God's Word is something that we can rest our faith on each and every day. The permanence of his word. And the permanence of God's word should give us the confidence that we need to trust it from cover to cover. One of the most beautiful things about God's word is this. We never have to worry about opening it up and deciding what part of it is true. Never. We don't have to do that. We don't have to worry about opening up the word of God and wondering what part is current And what part is out of date? We don't have to open it up and worry about what applies for today and what is uh, no longer considered important, that it's just obsolete. Because of the permanence of God's Word, the Word of God is still applicable. It still pertains all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It is true still today. And it will always be just as fresh today and tomorrow as today and tomorrow's newspaper. Here's something else. There's absolutely no political correctness about the word. I guess that's probably why I'm not politically correct. There's no bias opinions, nothing that is subject to change. All of it is true. And God not only says that his word is true, but God says that it is true and it will be true and it will be faithful to all generations. And that's something very important because, and it's critically to understand. It's important to us, especially as we await the coming of the Lord. Look at verse Uh, Number one, Psalms 90 and verse number one. Look at the scripture. Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Look at that. Thy faithfulness, look at verse 90. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. And I want you to grasp this biblical truth this morning. Listen carefully. this This ought to bless everybody here today. The fact that God in this book is faithful to all generations is the hope for our sons and our daughters and our granddaughters and our grandsons if Jesus tarries his coming. Listen carefully. Because we know that he is coming. He said, if I go, I will come again. And because he has put his integrity on this book, and he said, this word, this book, is faithful to all generations. So if the coming of the Lord is down the road, I don't know, it could be imminent, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, it could be a year from now or five years from now. But here's the point. If his coming is not today and his coming is not tomorrow, those people within our grasp, our families, our loved ones, listen, if Jesus tarries his coming, our future descendants have an anchor to hold on to just as you and I have had one to hold on to. It will be faithful for them just like it's been faithful for you and me. He said it would be faithful to all generations. Now, here's another spiritual truth that we need to remember today. We need to agree that this book, with this book, that's God's word, that it's settled in heaven. Listen carefully. If God's word is settled in heaven and it's settled in earth, like we just read, 
then we also ought to agree that we are never going to be stable in our lives until it is settled in our heart. If it's settled in heaven, and if it's settled in earth, it needs to be settled here. So I want you to think about that. One of the hardest things that we have to face and accept today is everything around us is constantly changing. Boy, I could stop here and I could park and I could talk all day long about the catastrophes and the, and the pitiful and the disgusting and the horrible ways. I don't have enough adjectives this morning, but listen, about the direction that this world is in and the direction that this world is going in. It's repulsive. It's repulsive to you. It's repulsive to me. And it's especially repulsive to God. I mean, think with me, people. Just in one, one illustration, how, how can this world get to a place where people, elderly people, young people, they cannot travel down the road without fearing somebody's going to carjack them? And business owners standing behind a counter, somebody coming in there with a hammer and breaking their stuff and beating them to a pulp, getting off of a subway and stabbing them to death with no jail, no bail. Listen, we are a sick generation. And it's happening all over the world, especially in this country. And I'm telling you right now, it's repulsive to God. It I know it's repulsive to me, and I hope it's repulsive to you. But let me say this. It's just one of a million things that we stay back and say, how could this world get to such a degenerate place as it's in right now? But I will tell you, friend, as a believer in Christ, and it's such a comfort to know that while everything around us is changing and going down the tubes as fast as the speed of light, and it's becoming progressively dangerous day by day, I'm so happy to be able to stand here this morning and tell you this, that God's Word in the ever-changing world, God's Word will never change. The reason it will never change is because God Himself cannot change. The Word and God, according to the Scripture, the Bible says is immutable. That means it cannot be changed. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, the Word says this, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse number 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And the fact that God and his word will never change, it ought to bring great comfort to you and I. Because of the immutability of God, we always know, listen carefully, because God cannot change, God will not change, the scripture says that it is settled in heaven forever. Here is the blessed assurance. We never have to worry about God bringing confusion in our life by constantly moving the line. Listen very carefully. This is important. It's important to every parent in here, especially today. We will never have to worry about our lives being on a hamster's wheel of pandemonium and confusion because God keeps changing the rules. 
That's never going to happen. I want you to think with me today. We, we never have to question God every day where the line is or what he blesses or what he condemns or what he expects or what he curses. And we also know that God is not going to day by day, month by month, year by year, generation to generation, God is not going to keep moving the line. This is one of the problems that's going on in the home today, folks. You say, well, he's going to preach now. He's going to preach. Tell your neighbor, it'll be our Dr. Gretchen's here now if you need a physician. But tell your neighbor, he's getting ready to preach. This is one of the problems of the American home today. Because the rules and the line keeps changing. It keeps moving. And if we're going to be honest about it, it moves and constantly changes for our convenience. Now you think about this just for a minute. Parents want to know why their children don't obey the rules and why they're so rebellious and why they're so unpredictable. One of the reasons, folks, is because we keep moving the line. We keep juggling it around. Listen carefully. Parents have to be consistent. Kids do not have the consistency of unmovable lines in their life. Uh, uh, listen, one of the reasons that we get into all sorts of problems in our personal lives and circumstances, especially with our kids, because they never know when we mean business. They don't know what the rule is because it keeps saying, it's okay today, it's not okay tomorrow. I understand you did this, whatever. And listen now. I'm so thankful that in this ever-changing world that we live in, this book, no matter how much we like it or don't want to hear it, this book will never change. Now, let me share something else with you. It's another biblical truth here today. As God declares that he himself cannot change and that his word will never change, God's not arranged that process to you and me. He will never change, and his word will never change. But with you and I, God has arranged for you and I to constantly be changing. In fact, God has designed for us to constantly make changes, progressive changes, structural changes in our life. God has designed us to be like that. I want to share with you something very important. When it comes to change, God desires that for our lives. Listen carefully. He is more concerned about what he can do within our life than what's going on around our life. And what he wants to do within requires change. None of us ought to be satisfied with just staying the same. Let me ask you the question. Are you growing spiritually in your life? Are you spiritually closer to the Lord today than you were yesterday or last month or a year ago? 
None of us ought to be satisfied remaining the same. I'm convinced that if we could have our way with this thing, we would prefer, I think, to sit in our personal comfort zone. That's one of our problems. We get in a comfort zone. I, I Don't preach that way, preacher. I want to hear it. Don't ask me to do this. I, man, I, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. If you keep me in that comfort zone, then everything's going to be okay. Because, you know, when we're in comfort zones, we can very easily resist change that God wants to do in our life. But there's wisdom. Listen carefully to this. And that is that if we resist spiritual change in our life, we are going to have the effects we will neglect to grow spiritually in our lives if we resist the change that the Spirit wants to do within us. And if we neglect to grow spiritually, then we're going to be guaranteed the opportunities, missed opportunities that God would give us that will enable our lives to become better Christians and better people and to reach out and help others. And so with the life-changing message of this book that you hold in your hand today, I want you to let this truth sink deep down into your heart with everything that God is busy working on today. He will never have to stay busy working on his word. Let me say that again. With everything that God is busy working on today, you can rest assured he will never have to work on his word. It is settled in heaven forever. So let me ask you this, if the word itself does not change, but God has designed for you and I to change in our life from top to bottom, from head to toe, if that's true, then what kind of change is the word making in your life? What's the word doing in your life? What What's your testimony this morning? What changes has God made in your life today that's different than a year ago? Somebody might say, well, pastor, my life is just too complicated and I, I just have too many questions going on. Let me respond by saying that it does not matter what your questions may be. Jesus Christ and this book is the answer for your life. And there are so many gems in this particular chapter, it's just not possible to bring them all to the surface, each and every one of them. And so we've talked about the permanence of the Word. Let me mention quickly here about the life, the life of the Word. And I want you to think about this. In Psalms 119, verse number 92, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Verse 93 I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. The psalmist is saying that if it had not been for the word, he's saying then I would have perished. He acknowledged that through the word, God had given him life. You see, in this man's time of sorrow, it was the word the word that rejuvenated him. I want to explain something to you this morning because the world has a way to drain the life out of you. 
And, and if, you get, if you get caught up in, in this system of today and, and, and you, you spend all your time trying to get woke and green and everything else, he's, he's preaching. For preach it, brother, I'd go again with that. I hear you. One. The world has a way to drain the life out of us. It chisels our joy. It chisels our peace. It, it chisels away at our contentment. It, can, it, it takes away from us our will, our will to do good. And the world, listen, and all the things, by the way, let me say this about, about this nuclear conversation that's going on in the world right now. Let me give you some peace about this. That very well could happen, but let me tell you, this earth is reserved for the Lord. Nobody will destroy this earth. It is saved for the wrath of God. And it one day will melt with fervent heat, but I'll tell you what, it won't be from Vladimir Putin. When God pushes the button... then it will come. We're living in a world that's just thriving on bringing fear in our hearts and our lives and with our families, with our professions, what we do. It's, it's overwhelming us with anger and frustrations and hostilities, uncertainties. But let me explain something to you about the life that this book will give you. And I can show you a scripture. And you can say, well, preacher, that makes sense. That's, that's pure as day, and it's still possible. Listen, I can show you. You could go through some kind of problem in your life, and I could show you a scripture to help you. And at the end of that, you could still say, but I still feel something missing. I still feel dead. I still feel empty inside. You see, it's one thing for the word to make sense but it's another thing altogether for it to make sense in your own personal life. When you begin to apply the word to you, then you will see the changes come. That's exactly what the living word is designed to do. God's not given us the word to help us escape trouble from a world, but rather he gives us the world to help us overcome the challenges that are in the world. When we understand that, it will change our perspective on everything. In John 10, verse 10, the word says this, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The greatest desire that God has is that every single person on the planet will take hold of his abundant and everlasting life. That's his desire. And number three, and our musicians come, the light of the word. And it's another great spiritual truth here. God has not only designed the word to give us life, but light. In Psalms 119, 105, the word says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so the Word is an indispensable book to every believer. And listen carefully, as a light, 
The word shines from above, from within, and all around. And the Bible says that even it even lights the path that is set before us. And so the light of this book is designed to shine on our path, and it's designed to help us avoid the pitfalls of the world. The truth of the matter is this. The light of the Word improves our spiritual vision. I want you to see this in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5 through 7. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, listen to this, folks, get this. This is not Pastor Tony preaching this morning. This is Pastor Tony reading the word. Listen carefully. Read the word with me. Look at this. This this verse right here ought to scare the living daylights out of us and cause us to really want to say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Look at this. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Here's another spiritual truth. When you're overwhelmed with all of the problems that's going on in the world, without the light of this book, you you will never, ever be able to comprehend anything. You won't have the foggiest idea what to do. But when you pick up this book, and you open its blessed pages and you allow the Word of God to speak to you and put you in a position to where you, you are saying, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And you're open to the fact, God, whatever you show me, whether I like it or not, whether it makes sense or don't make sense, because you've said it and I know you cannot change and you're not moving the goalpost every day. You're not changing the rules on me every day. God, if it's there, Show me, and when you show me, Lord, speak to my heart and give me grace and give me strength and give me faith, Lord, to do whatever it is your word says, regardless of how the chips fall, let me do what you say. And things will radically be different. Look at Psalms 119, verse number 30. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple And when you submit yourself to the Word of God, it will definitely give you light. If you don't know which way to go, you don't know which way to turn, you're frustrated, open the Word. Whenever I pray for people I know that are going through a very dark, difficult, perilous time, I pray this, God, give them light. Give them light. Help them to know what to do. Psalms 43, verse 3, look at here on the screen. Don't turn. You don't have time. But look at the Scripture. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into thy holy hill. When's the last time you've been to a holy hill? And to thy tabernacles. Proverbs 6, verse number 23, the word says this, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. The word has light 
for everything you need to do and everything you need to know. It has light for salvation. It has light about heaven. It has light about death. It has the light about hell. It has light how to live for Jesus. It has light how to treat one another. It has light about how to have your sins forgiven. Everything you need in life, this book will give you the light that you need. It's totally amazing to realize what God has done with light. Let me close by saying this. The big deal about light in the Word, the light of the Word is this. The reason why God is so concerned about keeping the light of His Word on all of the time is because God knows that illumination, illumination will lead to consecration. Because let me tell you this, folks. Think about this. When you open the book and God's word is clear, clear as, look, he's not going to change it. But you open the word of God and God's word is clear. And God says, this shall you do. This is acceptable in my sight. Refrain from this. Listen, and if we open ourselves to the Word and the Holy Spirit is speaking, we have the Word, we have the light. Only a fool will take this book and say, that ain't going to work for me, God. That ain't going to work for me. It's not going to work for me because I got this, that, and that going on. So you got to come up with something else. He will not change his word. So illumination, the light of the word, when God the Holy Spirit gives us the light, it ought to bring to every one of us a spirit of consecration. Consecrate me now. Dear Lord, I pray by thy spirit, by thy power divine. And the result of that will be drawing nearer and nearer. Listen carefully. The will of God for every single believer is to become illuminated with the light. Because when we're illuminated with the light, it brings us to a place of consecration. And if you want to be drawn closer to the Lord, remember this incredible truth. That again, that illumination will bring consecration. This book has permanence. This book has life, and this book has light. Everything we need in life is in that book. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.